0: Attention passengers, this is your captain speaking. Brace for impact. This is Tom Lewis. In my book, Brace for Impact, I gave you the big picture about the beginning of the crash of the Industrial Age. Here, on the Daily Impact, we chronicle the downward spiral. Acrid smoke from unrestrained wildfires burning in remote Canadian forests this spring and summer has repeatedly fouled the air and dimmed the sun in vast swaths of the U.S. Northeast and Midwest. Because of it, for a time, the air quality in New York City was the worst of any city in the world. Meanwhile, the entire southern U.S., is locked in a heat wave of unprecedented severity and length, with the entire area seeing prolonged temperatures above 100 degrees Fahrenheit and as high as 120 degrees. This weekend, one-third of the U.S. population is under extreme heat advisories. In South Florida, forecasters predicted even less rain and hotter temperatures because of the infiltration of dust in the air. Dust blowing in from the Sahara Desert in Africa. The water temperatures in the Gulf of Mexico and Southern Atlantic are hotter than they have ever been. With Key West waters topping 96 degrees Fahrenheit, just a few degrees short of the normal temperature for a hot tub. Any hurricane entering such energy-rich water is going to go immediately to afterburners, and forecasters are predicting a more than, a more active than usual hurricane season. A recent study found uh, that storms doing over a billion dollars worth of damage in the U.S. in 2008 occurred on average once every 80 days. Back then, these storms inflicted damage of a billion dollars and change, costs adjusted for inflation, of course. Today, they occur on average every 18 days and usually involve many billions of dollars of damage. Hurricane Ian's cost, for example, is estimated at $113 billion. In the recent debates about federal spending in the debt ceiling, there was no mention of this vast, unprecedented, and growing need for astronomical amounts of federal money for disaster relief. This week, Farmers Insurance became the fourth property insurance company to withdraw entirely From the hurricane-ravaged state of Florida, joining 15 insurers that are not accepting any new business there, 7 that have been declared insolvent, and 18 that are so fragile they are on the state regulators' watch list. Similarly, the largest and the fourth-largest property insurers in California have withdrawn from that state, unable to keep pace with its raging wildfires. At the same time, in the same country, torrential rains caused catastrophic flooding throughout New England and the Northeast in the second week of July, destroying roads, displacing thousands of people, and submerging towns and cities such as Vermont's capital city of Montpelier. Small wonder, then, that a committee of Congress was eager to hear from U.S. climate envoy John Kerry in this week of erupting headlines, a week in which millions upon millions of Americans were facing dire peril from heat and storms and fires and floods and their ever-worsening cumulative effects. The big wonder is that the Republicans in the committee used the occasion not to express concern for their constituents— but do you accuse Kerry of making up the whole thing? Republican Representative Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, whose state has suffered greatly from the Canadian wildfire smoke this spring, said that when Kerry referred to climate change, he was talking about, and I'm quoting here, a problem that does not exist. When Kerry asked why the world's scientists and 196 countries, are obviously worried about a non-existent problem, Scott's answer was swift and assured, because, he said, they're grifting, like you are. The rest of the Congress was transfixed by debates on passing the annual Christmas tree extravaganza for the defense industry, tastefully decorated with glittery ornaments denying abortions and transgender health care to military personnel. And meanwhile, Florida, the state, more punished by climate change than any other, this week illuminated our times by inaugurating new laws, banning any classroom discussion in any grade of sexual orientation and gender identity, making it a crime to use a bathroom not intended for one's gender at birth, and prohibiting school employees from asking students about their preferred pronouns. For much of my latter life, I have clung to the optimistic belief that I would be safely dead before the worst of the coming crash manifests itself. This week, my pessimistic self is telling me I might not make it. To keep up with the ways our industrial world is falling apart, subscribe to The Daily Impact. To better understand them, the second edition paperback edition of Brace for Impact is now available. At Amazon.com. For now, this is Tom Lewis saying, Brace for impact.